Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Good afternoon, good morning, depending on where you're watching us from. This is the third, 32nd session of Leadership Talk with Adigoke. I'm so privileged to have with me tonight, Dr. Hiho Udweni. And uh, he's an amazing gentleman. We've known ourselves for more than two decades and uh, it's such a privilege and honor to be sharing the platform with him tonight. Um, trust your day has been well, sir. <laughs> Yes, it's been fine. Well. It's, been, it's, it's been nice and sunny where I am, so it's been very good. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So we're going to be looking at the topic, leadership and talent management. Leadership and talent management. Uh, so please, jump, jump right in. Could you just tell us um, about yourself? Who is Iho Udueni? <laughs> Okay, I'll try and be succinct as best as I can. I'm not noted for my brevity, let me say it that way. So I'll say very simply, um, I am proudly Nigerian, um, born and battered in the great city of Lagos. Uh, but I'm also British, um, and I have a strong commitment to my adopted city of Nottingham, um, uh, where I've lived for close to going to 20 years now. Um, I'm an environmental management professional. Um, I've focused on environmental policy implementation and regulation over the course of my career. Uh, I also have a strong affinity for project management and have a good appetite for instigating um, and embedding positive change in a kind of iterative way. I am currently a public servant. Um, that's one of the things I'm proud of, being a civil servant. I see public service as one of um, the greater, one of the good callings for anyone who wants to um, live out a career serving others and contributing contributing to the public good, uh, but beyond all of that, um, personally, I enjoy volunteering. Uh, for those who know me very well, they know I'm a strong volunteering buff, and I usually get involved in all sorts in my local community. Uh, and I've been in several several different roles uh, in that space, just giving my time, um, giving my my skills um, to my local community and beyond. But most importantly, I think if we talk about introducing myself, is that uh, I'm a husband. I've been married for going to 18 years now um, to, to my wife, Margaret. I'm also a father, which I'm very proud of, of, of three kids, two boys and a girl, um, which is one of the one of the most amazing accomplishments you can always or ever have as a man, I think. But I'm also I'm a Christ-loving, um, Bible-believing, nonetheless um, imperfect and flawed child of God. Um, that's the way I'll probably just describe myself um, in, in brief. Amazing, amazing. Wow. It's so it's so good to have you on tonight. Um, I trust that we're going to be having a very powerful session. Uh, this topic is uh, one that I'm so passionate about, uh, talent management. I always believe that, um, you know, uh, you can't give what you don't have. A lot of us are products of, uh, you know, good mentors, and it has helped us to uh, stay calm even in the midst of storm. So tonight, I just want you to uh, speak to this topic, uh, leadership and talent management. Um, what's the correlation between leadership and talent management? Oh. Well, I think, I think there is a, a very strong connection. So let me just describe very briefly from my perspective. I see um, leadership as setting and describing 
um, a vision for an organization, for a people, for, for society. So leadership takes that space, but it also enables, empowers, and supports others to be able to deliver that vision, whether it's a vision on a very personal level for families or even on a bigger scale for nations and countries. So leadership is all about setting that vision, enabling the delivery of that vision through others. But talent management, on the other hand, is about you know identifying the right talent, recruiting that talent, developing and nurturing that talent, deploying that talent, and putting all in place to make sure that you retain that talent as best as you can within the organization. So when you connect both of them together, I see leadership as playing that central role, you know, of defining the values, the principles, and the frameworks, you know, for the portfolio of talent that is required to deliver a vision. So the vision comes first, what you need to deliver the, the, the vision, you need a set of skills, you need a set of talents, and leadership defines that, sets the values that guides that. The connection there is that talent management, on the other hand, stimulates and produces a positive environment for leaders to grow and emerge. So talent management births new leaders. It creates an enabling environment for leadership to thrive. So one cannot really go without the other, you know. So leadership sets the pace. Talent management goes the full circle and also produces new leaders, good leaders, and the right environment where leadership will thrive. So let me give you a simple example. Okay. If you have a leadership that sets values, okay, it sets values around, say, um, its talent structure, whereby the values are around things like, um, how could I put this now? Um, hierarchy, you know, puts a lot of value on hierarchy, puts a lot of value of identifying um, um, talent from a particular group of people, a social class, a particular color of people, or from a particular place. And you put that kind of leadership beside one that is, you know, focused on potential, that prioritizes experience, prioritizes the right behaviors, prioritizes inclusivity, diversity, Merit. you yeah. will get a different set of outcomes yeah. like that. So you see, uh, there are a strong connection between them. You cannot have one without the other in a sustainable way. Wow. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Now, I, I know you, you, you just touched on something that is very instructive there, you know. So you have to, it's not just about, um, you know, favoritism, but it's based on merit, you know. Um, you know, you should promote people not based on just hierarchy, but just, you know, based on what they're able to uh, bring to the table. Now, I just want you to speak to this. How did you get into leadership? I mean, you, I know you have a PhD uh, in, 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 in environmental, you know, you are sort of like an, <laughs> a technocrat and somebody that is, you know, uh, also an intellectual. But how did you get into leadership? Because I know you used to be banking in banking in about two decades ago. How did you get into leadership? <laughs> that's that. That's, that's that's a tricky one. Um, I, I, again, so when you say leadership, leadership is a very broad term, you know, and we all demonstrate leadership in different spaces and places, you know. And um, I wouldn't say there is a formalized way of me trying to get into leadership. I probably yeah. will put it this way. Let me let me put the question on its head. I think it's better to say, why did I get into that into a scenario whereby I am 
taking up leadership roles or positions or responsibilities. I think for me, it's always, you know, being about wanting to add value, wanting to make a difference, wanting to be heard, um, you know, wanting to have an impact on, uh, in, in wherever I operate and wherever I find myself. And I have seen that just emerge uh, naturally because either people, you know, give me permission to lead them. Um, give me permission to, to, you know, to step forward or people see um, my products, see my outcomes and say, yes, you can be able to lead that. So no formalized way. But if we talk about if I were to put a place to it, I think it's just wanting to make sure that my ideas, you know, I got I've got a space to air them. I've got people um, 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 around me. And because I think leadership is nothing without the people around itself. So and I like to be in that kind of space. Uh, whereby I'm with people, we are bouncing ideas off the wall, you know, we're trying to get things done, we're trying to change things. So I don't have a formal way, but yeah, I don't have any kind of formal way of getting into leadership, but on a positional level, which I think is the lowest form of leadership, but it's on a positional level, I think it's more around me um, getting the right mentors, getting the right coaches, you know, having that mindset of wanting to be to be linked with something a little bit bigger than myself. I think that's the outcome. Okay, now let, let me make it clearer. Let me make it clearer. Um, two decades ago, you were a banker. How did you move from banking into, you know, now, you know, the intellectual area of like <laughs> the environment and having a kid? Okay. How did you, that journey, I want to know, okay. how did you transit from being a banker to now it's, speaking it's, to it's, nations? It's, and, it's, yes. Yeah, I think I think um, it, it for me it was very simple. I think banking was a good start, a good start fresh off university, wanting to get a job, um, lovely experience within banking. But I think uh, for someone like me, I, I'm all about the future. Now it's great, but it's about where you're going to. And then at that point in time, I didn't see banking as taking me to where I wanted to be. Um, and you will recall, um, banking of 20 years ago was a different kettle of fish. Um, I, I don't think it invested in people. Um, didn't invest in my aspirations. Didn't invest in or cared about what I cared about. And really, on the on on on, on the back of that, um, even though I was a banker, I was first a geologist. Um, I um, I was initially trained as a geologist. Um, and the environment, the love of the environment, was always calling. The transition itself was all bordered around planning. Was all about having the right people around you. But around having the right mentors around you to guide, you know, and point you in the right direction. But it's also about grafts. You know, it's also about rolling up your sleeves and doing the work. You know, rolling up your sleeves, you know, acquiring the necessary knowledge, necessary relationships, necessary networks to help you transit into where you're going to. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, now let's go into the meat of the of the matter. Now, how can a leader identify and build talents in an organization? Mm. Identify and build talents. I think I'll start it this way. I think um, it's better to just qualify talents a little bit because I believe that everyone has an intrinsic potential in them to add value. Basically saying everyone has a potential, has a talent within them. I think, first of all, leaders, if the question is always for leaders, is about identifying the right talent for the organization, the right talent that matches the vision of that organization. So that's the first point of call. So I'll say, how can a leader do that? A leader must first be very clear about their why. 
there must be clear about why they why the organization exists, why they operate there in that organization, where are they going to, you know, what's the reason behind the organization? And when that awesome. is clear, you know, the next step for me will then become to see what do I need to get me from where I am to where I'm going to, where not just going. in the short okay. term, but okay. in the long term. So a leader is thinking about the future. So I'll, I'll, I'll probably just describe a few things. Um, if you if you continue, if you allow me to go and speak, go ahead, I think leaders should horizon scan. Horizon scan first. If I'm a leader sitting in my organization, if anyone listening, you are a leader of a team, a leader of a department, or a leader of an organization itself, I think you should sit down and just look into the horizon. What's happening in the next 10, 15, 20 years? You know, where will your organization be? What are the factors you know, mm -hmm. that will impact on your organization, either positively or negatively? And what are the sets of skills that you require, the sets Amazing. of talents that you require to you there? And when you do that, then you start identifying the right set of skills that goes into that. So I think you focus on the right behaviors, the right abilities, and the right social skills. You know, when you sit down and you're looking for people to fill the slot of a, let's see, an IT specialist. You're not just yeah. looking for someone who knows how yeah. the numbers. You're not just looking for someone who is technical. You're looking for the whole person. Has it got the right set of behavior? Does it fit into my organization? You know, does he, you know, is he proactive? Is is okay. she, you know, she has she got drive? Does she have vision? You know, so you want to think along those terms, but also True. you need to be driven by data and evidence. So I've sat wow. in so many panels with people and I've looked at so many CVs and so many applications. And you know, there's a whole lot of stories in there. And when you sit in front of people, you need to know how to write, ask the right questions. You know, does the data and the evidence on paper match the person that you're looking at? So it means a leader has to be adept at crafting the right questions to bring out the real person. Wow. You know, so if you identify wow. the right set, if you want to identify talent, I also think you need to think about the plural. So it's not just the singular person if you want to, if you're looking for IT skills. It's not just about IT skills. You will have an organization that has human resources, it's got admin, you've got so many elements of it. How do they fit in? You know, how do they fit into the whole pack? A leader should be thinking about such things, not just the singular, I've got a role to fill, I need to go get Mr. A or Ms. B to fill that role. You need to be thinking beyond the now to the year after. Uh, but also, you know, talent. A leader needs to think about those three keywords. Quality, diversity, inclusivity. You need to be comfortable to embrace people who are different from recruit or identify talent in their own image. It's some kind of obscene inbreeding of talent mm. where you mm. look at people that talk like you, go to the same schools like you, um, think like you. That is definitely the wrong way to go. We all need to be open to a diversity of talents yeah. that you do not shut out talents yeah. just because of the way they look and they feel and the sound. So that's about identifying. But I think when it talks about you know um, um, building talent, uh, that's where the real work then starts because there's mm. a whole lot of investment in time and energy into bringing people into organization, into identifying okay. these talents. And if you are poor okay. at it, you lose them in the next couple of months, couple of years after investing so much in them. So I think building talent is central. You need to focus on the whole person. 
you know, and I, I use that word the whole person because talent, when it's used in this kind of a standoff way, you think it's, uh, you're, not, you're dealing with human beings with emotions, you know, you're yeah. dealing with human beings who call yeah. So you need to think about how do you develop the whole person? How do you connect, you know, their aspirations okay. to the organization's vision? Those are the key things you need to think about. And then you go into the strategy of talent development. You know, we talk about having the right level of autonomy, of performance management, you know, having social support, the coaching, you know, providing the relevant knowledge, relevant experience, mm -hmm. you know, to get that person up and, and running. Wow, wow, amazing, amazing. If you're just joining us tonight, I've been speaking with my friend, my brother, Dr. Iho Idwe, and uh, we've been, been looking at the topic, leadership and talent management. Uh, we've been learning so much tonight and uh, I'm so grateful to be sharing the platform with this uh, wonderful gentleman. Now, what is the importance of talent management? Ah. <laughs> Well, uh, you're basically asking me what's the business case for talent management, if I may speak, business speaking. <laughs> yeah, there is a huge, immense business case for talent management. The importance of talent management is central. Why? Because everything revolves around people. If you run a team, you run an organization, you run a charity, it's all invested in people. People make it go round. So people are huge, or your talent in this case, are a huge source of value creation, and competitive advantage. If you want to be the, the best organization there is to creating widgets, you have to have the right people with the right skill who are flexible, adaptable, who are innovative, who are risk takers, who can experiment. So you need to invest in them, you need to grow them, you need to give them that space to to to, to, to grow. You know, so that's that's one. I also think that when you invest in talent management, then you have a high quality and productive workforce. So it's a no-brainer. You know, your company is, is, is thriving. You know, your people are engaged. They are motivated. They are happy. You know, they are delivering profits for you. They are delivering added value to your organization. You know, so, uh, but also, you know, you retain them. You know, when you do all of these things, people stay. I know people say a lot of that, a lot of the time that people come to work for money. Yes, we all go to work to earn a living. But it's sometimes beyond that. It's beyond that when you're in an organization, you enjoy the relationships around you. You feel that they're investing in you and they care for you, that they trust you and you trust them. You are more likely to stay even when you're offered even a bigger package. So I would yeah. say it fosters creativity. It promotes more, more importantly, organizational resilience. Hmm. You will know that we're in a changing time, a changing marketplace. We just we are still in that era of COVID, which is a significant change for many organizations. The organizations yeah. that will survive are those that are invested in their people, that their people can come back and quickly be reskilled. Their people can come back and quickly be adaptable. They are agile. You can move them about. You know, mm -hmm. if you're not invested in the rigid people who know how to do one thing one way for so long, you're going to collapse. So it's a no-brainer, wow. really. Mm -hmm. I, I, I just think that... Uh, uh, if, if talent management is the bread and butter of successful organizations, you know, if, if the right organization, the, the, the smart organization is thinking about tomorrow and they are preparing, okay. they are tooling their people ready for tomorrow. Wow, 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 wow. You said so many things, powerful nuggets tonight. I just want to 
celebrate you and i'm sure that those who are also on the platform are getting you know uh a lot of energy uh someone said you know um you know one of my colleagues um about talent management said it's about planning and having the right people around you uh, it also said it's about pivoting uh talent management is also it's about you know leadership is nothing without the people um and she also said that um you know uh talent management births new leaders talent management births new leaders you know um also the lady is saying that uh, you promote people based on merit you know uh we all uh, demonstrate leadership in different spaces awesome 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 um so i just want to ask um uh, i want to ask a question also as uh, you know a follow-up to the earlier question now i want to ask um what are the consequences of not building or growing uh talents in an organization yeah What are the consequences? Well, yeah. uh, I, 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 I simply just said, if you just look at the reverse of all I've just been saying, because I think um, one needs to recognize that talent is mobile, very, very mobile. I, I was saying that the consequences are just yeah. people. If, if you do not build your talent, then it is a strong indicator that you, there's a lack of commitment and trust there. You know, if you only want to take out of your people, you come, they do their 95 and they go, then they have no commitment to your organization. You know, they don't trust the organization to, to do beyond what they've been contracted to. But also more importantly, okay, um, there's this theory of psychological contracts. I don't know if you've, you've, you've come across it, that beyond okay. the factual contract of you're employed from nine to five, and I'm going to pay you X, Y, and Z to do this, there's a psychological contract that employees expect of employers and employers of employees. And one of them, if you ask anybody, is the fact that when I come to an organization, I expect to be given the space and the room to grow and to develop, to progress. I do not expect to come into this organization and sit on one spot and make no progress. So when you don't invest in them, you've technically broken that psychological contract. And what happens then is that people tend to withdraw, they do their barest minimum, you know, you get absences, problems of absences, you get yeah. grievances because people are always complaining and moaning, you know, you get a higher staff turnover. And yeah. I don't know if you know, the average cost of recruiting an individual in the UK is 3,000 pounds. Wow. And that's average. In some cases, some organizations spend as much as tens of thousands just to recruit an individual. And if you have them for a few months or a few a few years and you lose them, you, you actually train money down the down, down the down the river. Standard but more importantly, yeah. I just think if you don't invest in talent, then you are going to struggle to be sustainable. Definitely going to be struggle to be a sustainable organization in this very fluid, you know, and ever-changing environment that we find ourselves. If you don't invest in people, then you're shooting yourself in the foot. But you know, you make it seem very easy, you know, uh, investing in people. Uh, but you know, earlier we were talking about, you know, at the point of recruitment, you should um, recruit the right people with the right mindset. You know, uh, now uh, in this 
um, era of COVID, you know, so many things have happened, you know, um, businesses that have, have to recalibrate, you know, having to hire, you know, and deploy a strategy. Um, some people might be used to doing them certain types of uh, job functions. You know, how do you now encourage them to move on? Even the government is saying, oh, they have some new uh, ideas now that in the UK that they're encouraging people to move to new areas. How do you, how do you uh, encourage that? How, how, do you, how do you make that, provide the enabling environment for that? Okay, so uh, this is what I'll say. First of all, I'll say, and I'll, I'll caveat this by saying that talent management is both an art and a science, um, and leaders will make mistakes. Um, things will not always go wrong. So I'll just put that out there. Um, so it's not that I know I've been describing it as X, Y, and Z, so it's not that straightforward and simple. The second yeah. thing is this. Definitely when you get into situations like this, you will have members of your organization who will struggle. And that's why I say that um, talent management needs to have a human feel to it. You're not moving around widgets. You're not moving around bulls and knots. You're not saying to A, now you need to, this has happened, you need to stop doing this, start doing that, you know, and all of that. Of course, you, you experience resistance. So I think there needs to be, and, and that's where leadership comes in. That's where you step into that space where you are a source of influence. You are a source of support. You know, you look beyond, you know, that that's in the surface. I think, at least in my leadership experience, is about giving the people that I lead the, the, the opportunity, you know, to be um, vulnerable with them. So during when COVID kicked off, I was in the team and I led my team virtually. And my team were having challenges, you know, from just even express my challenge and this is how when I role model what needs to happen you know okay. I wouldn't say it automatically means that everything is going to be okay dory and people are just going to jump on board but I think leaders lead leaders step in front but also leaders have to have a personal faith they also have to connect with the human side of things so for some people that change and that transition mm. that mobility that yeah. is required will be instant and quick because they get it for others, it might take a little bit of time. And leaders need to give the people that they lead that space, that breath, which will grow into, yeah. To make that journey. You don't throw people off just because they're struggling. And remember, like I said, the whole person, there's the, there's the things going in the background, their families, their homes, you know, you know, if they've got health conditions, you know, you need to be able to get to that space where you look at the whole person and make the right level of change that is required. Hmm. Hmm. Wow, wow, awesome, awesome, awesome. So um, you've been dropping a lot of nuggets tonight. You know, we looked at the consequences of not growing uh, your team. Now, what's I just want you to um, speak to this again, the types of strategies that can be used to uh, build talents. You know, you've talked about deploying, mentoring, uh, retaining, you know, what, what are the types of strategies that you can use to build talent? Okay. Um, so I think there's a, there's a strategy element of it, uh, which is more around the framework and the structure and the, and the feel 
of where we are going to, but it's also the action planning elements of it, the actual deliverable aspect. So I'll just touch on board very quickly. And I think I've mentioned a bit of it before. So I think when you have a talent management strategy, um, that has to be underpinned by a forward-looking approach and a rise and scanning okay. approach. So um, you build your strategy based on what's going to, what's happening now, but what might happen also in the future. That's where your strategy yeah. needs to be focused on. Yeah. Um, but also, um, you, you are, you are, you are planning for the challenges ahead. You are planning for the change ahead that you you may have foreseen in your horizon scan. But also, um, I think when you're setting up those strategies, you need to be aligning that with your strategic priorities as an organization. So yeah. if as an organization, our strategic priority, for instance, when I was in the environment agency, is the trust that we become more climate resilient. As an organization, we want to support people and communities to become more climate resilience and they can withstand the changes of climate change that's our trust then i should be thinking who what kind of skills and talent do i need in that to help us get to that space you know yeah. um in that in that environmental space so that's just an example but also when you talk about the strategies to deploy then i'll talk, I'll, I'll talk about action planning so we should link talent management practices talent management actions you know link those to the organization goals and priorities so they cannot operate in a void. I cannot be saying, oh, okay, you need to go on the training this week. You know, I know as an organization, we are focused on, on climate um, um, resilience and climate um, 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 preparation, but I wanted to go do this um, accounting course. You know, um, how would that fit into your role? I don't really care. It's a free course. Go do it. Basically, I'm wasting your time. And um, um, you definitely probably will not respect or think the organization is serious. So we need to think yeah. about how we align those talent management practices with strategy objectives. So when you talk about the action plan, the specifics, you've mentioned a few yeah. of them. You know, it's around the what's. What do we need? For some organizations, yeah. I think you need to have a formalized structure where you develop okay. a talent pool, where you set the right metrics. Who are you looking for? Where would they have reached? You know, what are the indicators to know that this person qualifies awesome. for a pool? into the talent pool it may be as a function of a performance appraisal it may be as a function okay. of what they've delivered the quality of the work they've done and you say this person is ready for the next step it's about identifying those within the organization that are ready for the next step and when you identify them then you put in place a series of management actions which may be a combination of formal training, going on courses and okay. workshops to acquire knowledge. It may be informal with coaching and mentoring, you know, but it must always, and that's my view, involve that individual. I think one of the things that I've experienced is that a lot of companies have talent management programs that are static, that okay. are one size fits all. And I think that's where it falls on its head because people are different and why some people will excel in going doing the, the the academic courses and going for workshops and learning new things or they just want to have a mentor to chat about it they want somebody a coach to give them a little bit of direction here and there and they can go learn on their own um, they want to be self-directed they don't want to sit in a class all day you know those kind of things you need to have a toolbox of, wow. of actions a toolbox of strategies where you can yeah. mix and match the right one for the individual. So True. in my experience, I've never put someone in a talent management program where it's been, that's a set set of uh, things you need to do, go off and do it. No, we sit down, we have a conversation. Where okay. are you going to? What are your aspirations? So you need to really ensure that those strategies link with the individual's aspirations. So it's a whole range of stuff. 
like I said, they are formal. You know, it might run over a period of six months, 18 months, and so forth. Others, it might just be quite an informal, ongoing process um, of wow. giving people experience to shadow senior colleagues, you know, experience, you know, to learn from them on the job yeah. or to have yeah. really planned coaching yeah. sessions, mentorship wow. and all of that. Yeah. Wow. 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 Awesome. 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 I just want to, uh, those who are joining us tonight, I've been speaking with uh, Dr. Eo Udwene and uh, we're looking at topic leadership and talent management. Uh, spoken about so many ways that we can, you know, encourage uh, talent management in an organization. You know, one of the first things you said, you, you need to know your why, the why of the organization, you know, and, uh, you know, you also talked about um, having, you know, structure in place. Even when you know your why, you must know how to deploy, how to retain, you know, how to, you know, have conversations even with your team members. It's not about just um, asking them to go on a course, but you must know, you know, the career path and how to uh, position them accordingly. Uh, the same lady, uh, Mary Ellen Nadi said, focus on the right behaviors, the right set of skills, be driven by data and evidence. Data and, can you speak yeah. to that, data and evidence? Can you just speak? Well, I think that's it. You see, most, most organizations, and that's one of my personal bugbears also in my time in management and leadership, is that we don't keep good records. We don't, we don't document things. So when someone has spent a lifetime, well, not a lifetime, maybe a couple of years in the organization, or even on a yearly basis, do you have a, a performance management process that requires them to describe what they've done and what they've achieved, you know, the value they've added? And when you have that record and you build that over time, it's very clear to see those, you know, who should be in your talent pool, who you should be investing more time to grow as talent, or who you actually need to spend more time to raise up because they're not meeting the mark. So that's an evidence for me talks a little bit more around how you perform. Um, but it's not performance managed in a negative way. It's about trying to make sure that everybody is delivering at a benchmark, at the very least, at the very high benchmark that you set for yourself. And you okay. need to have the evidence to back it up. It doesn't mm. have to be formal evidence or quantitative evidence. It may be qualitative. Maybe the feedback that they are getting. What kind of feedback? What are their colleagues saying about them? What are their... Um, Team leaders saying about them. What are the people beneath them? Their juniors saying about them. That 360 feedback. What is what's coming out from there? What are customers saying? But you need to build a full picture of the individual. A lot of organizations okay. don't want to spend that time. A lot of leaders don't even know how to do it. Not about spending that time, but it needs a commitment because it's an investment. You are putting something away aside, you know, for that individual. So you don't make decisions on the half because the guy smiles well or the lady is, you know, is very <laughs> nice and polite. No, that's not it. You know, yeah. uh, or my God says this person is going to be great. Rubbish. You know, what does everything that helps you? It's not, the, it's not everything, but it's one of the most important things that helps that I do. And if you don't mind me saying this, um, just going back, yeah. back on the other question when you talked about um, how you build talent um, or strategies for building talent. There's also something else I think I don't see a lot of in organizations that are interacted and engaged with is about having a robust governance and assurance process around management. And what I mean by that is that 
There needs to yeah. be clear structures in place where you make decisions. I've been in organizations whereby we want to find a talent pool. You say, can you nominate someone? And you nominate someone, and the process of selecting people is 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 the dark arts. You don't know how it's been done. It's not open. It's not transparent. You know, it needs to be clear to everybody how I get on a talent program. You need to mm. get clear what the criteria are. Uh, the criteria okay. are. You know, so when you have the right governance, the right platform making decisions, you strengthen your hand. You, you really do strengthen your hand. Wow, wow. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I just want to, uh, you know, appreciate those of us that are joining us. We want to uh, celebrate you. We've been speaking on leadership and talent management, and tonight we've learned quite a bit. Um, you know, we've looked at the area of deploying, retaining, you know, and also uh, mentorship. I want you to speak on mentorship, you know, in an organization. Mentorship. Mm. So mentorship, um, I think that's one of the one of one of the powerful tools in which you you build talent, um, in which you actually build resilience in your organization. So my experience yeah. has always been that mentorship um, can be formalized, um, but there's an informal level element of it. So when I say formalized, when an organization values mentorship, then they put it out in front front is not hidden. I've been in an organization where it acts that. Um, how do you go about getting a mentor? Or do you have a mentors um, program or whatever and stuff? And it's kind of like trying to find things out for yourself. So mentorship, when it is valued, leaders will champion it. Leadership lead, leaders will role model it because okay. mentors really will help to guide your young, up and coming, boarding people. Not just necessarily young, really, but just anyone you know who has got drive who's motivated yeah. to go further. You can learn of the experiences of others. You know, people will share, you know, all their pitfalls, um, their experiences, they share their successes, what they did, you know, but I see men mentorship really as, can be very structured, um, whereby, I've been in an organization whereby you've got a mentors list, you go in, you pick a name off a hat, you don't know the person, and then you, you go off and have a conversation and it's really not very productive. So I think also with mentorship, there needs to be that investment where you do yeah. your groundwork. Not okay. everybody is a mentor. There may be a senior leader in your organization, but they're not necessarily cut out for mentoring people. You know, mm -hmm. so that process of actually trying to find the right fits. I mm -hmm. have been in mentoring relationships after a couple of sessions. I'm like, nah, we're not the right fits. <laughs> and you very politely, yeah, you very politely just excuse yourself because there's no point. You know, yeah. it's, it's not a badge you carry. It is something that is an, is a relationship you're trying to develop that will take you somewhere. Um, I think all good leaders should have mentors. Um, well, anybody that's, that, that knows, that wants to go somewhere, you know, should have mentors. Otherwise, you make the mistakes and you waste time and you drag around, you know, and you never know. Mentors eventually end up to be great sponsors. Um, yeah. They, 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 are, they are the pinnacle of where you that can take you where you want to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I just want to also speak to that because I've had people come to me and say, oh, I want you to be my mentor. You know, I like, I like what you're doing, you know, but when it's time to put in the work, <laughs> they're not able to, you know, uh, they're not ready to walk exactly. the talk. Yeah, because exactly, and, and that's what you see. You know, I don't know. 
you know, maybe, like I said, maybe it just happens to me, but I don't know whether it's happened to you before, but people come and say, oh, I like what you're doing, you know, uh, you, you know you're consistent, you're adding value, you're up there, and, you know, this is what I want to be. Come, you know, I, I see my future in you. But when it's time to put in the work, uh, uh, you know, maybe after one or two sessions, you now find that you're chasing the person, you know, timelines, you know, deliverables, nah. the person is no longer available. Sometimes yeah. they're even reluctant to pick your calls. Can you speak to that? <laughs> no, uh, yeah, definitely. There's, there's, there's a doubt. You see, you see, uh, one needs to be weary. One of the things I do is I really do prize my time. I think one of the greatest assets I have is my time. And I place a yeah. really big value on my time. Um, we always, as, as, as people, we're always happy to help and support people. Yeah. Uh, but it is really important that for everyone, people should show leadership in their own development. And what I mean by that is that they take ownership. They take responsibility yeah. for their own development. Um, and when people come to me wanting to be men to be mentored, you know, the question I first asked is why? You know, why me and not Joe Bloggs? And um, basically, I think in the mentoring relationship, for the large part, a single part of it is led by the mentee. Um, yeah. The mentee, and, and you're there to support the mentee, but the mentee really needs to carve out, you know, where they are going, what they want to go. And that's why I go back to the, the whole person. So when the mentee comes, they are hoping to get something out of you. What is yeah. your experience? Yeah. What is your direction? Whatever it is. And they need to be able to describe and articulate that for themselves first hmm. so yeah. that they are comfortable and they know where they are going before they actually invite you into that journey. Um, yeah. And I, I, will, I will definitely, I'm one of those who will not faff around with people who waste my time. Um, I, <laughs> I, I have a, a, a very, sh well, yeah, let's just leave it as that. I don't think, um, um, we had the word mentor. No, really. And I think that, oh, it's so great to say, I've got a mentor of so, so, and so. And that's the, that's the fanciful thing about it. It's just being able to, to say that I've got a mentor, but not really yeah, understanding why. Mentor, drop names yeah exactly and drop names rather than be this is why i want a mentor and this is what the person can bring to me and if i know that person can do that then i actually should be running after them i should be i should be keeping my deadlines i should be delivering what i said i i, I want to do i should be setting the pace um, for that relationship yeah wow thank you so much thank you for so much for your time i mean for those who are going to be watching or listening to the replay i've 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 learned a lot myself tonight you know um you know i've learned about the benefits of talent management for a leader i've learned about the futures of talent management i've learned about uh, how talent management helps leadership development i've also learned about how we can put in place an effective talent management uh, strategy in an organization we've also learned about how to engage talent how to retain talent how to develop talent how to identify talent how to attract talent. Uh, um, so, but as we come to uh, a, a close, I want you to uh, share about, uh, you know, your journey, even in mentorship. Uh, what you, you shared about your view of mentorship. Now, who are your mentors? Who are my mentors? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I think I think mentoring for me it comes in two parts. You know, so you, you've got to be where you've got an actual mentoring relationship with um, that you'll meet and have conversations and chat with. And there are people I think you can mentor from afar. You just follow their life and their lifestyles and how they operate as leaders, and you try to learn off from them from afar. So for me, um, I think there are a few people. Uh, let me see who who are my key mentors. Who are my mentors in the past few years? I probably will start with my most current mentor, um, um, Claire McGuckin. So Claire is a director in the civil service. Um, Claire is a very, very busy lady, very, very busy. But I am so enamored by the fact that she will definitely make time for the people around her and genuinely wants to see them grow. Um, and she is so full of insights. You know, she is, she's, she's a people person. And most of the things I'm regurgitating are just basically our our alignment in terms of how we see people in the place of business and organization. Uh, so Claire has got lots of insight. I meet up with Claire on a regular basis. We've got a plan uh, for what we want to achieve as a mentor mentee in the next six months. You know, we're working towards it. We've been regularly, um, even with a very, very busy schedule. Um, so yeah, Claire McGuckin, um, she's director of civil service. But also I've had mentoring relationships with a couple of other guys. Um, I'm just putting names here, John Leyland and Lee Rollinson. They are both directors in the Environment Agency. I've had previous mentoring relationship with them. So what I've always done when it comes to mentoring is that when I have a goal, usually short-term goals, one, two-year goal, I identify the right person or persons who I see in that place or who have gone through a similar journey as myself. Okay. I engage with them to see if we are the right fit. And when I mean the right fit, because it's a relationship, it's a social thing. You know, um, it's not, it's not uh, how will I put this? It's not a formalized interaction. So today we've got a testimony session. What do you go? Hurry up and go. Do we gel? Do we laugh at the same things? Do we, do we, do we challenge each other? So. I will definitely try okay. and find to see if we are the right fit. And those two guys, we are definitely, definitely the right fit. They are, they are people who are thinking beyond the today. You know, they are people who will challenge you to take risk and experiment. Um, they wow. are people who have taken risk and experimented. They are hmm. vulnerable people who will tell you where they are still struggling and where yeah. they can get better. Probably, so those yeah. are the kind of people that really do hire me. Um, you know, and I, I really have learned a lot from those two guys. We do keep up a relationship, even though we are not in an active mentoring relationship currently. Uh, but yes, um, they are fantastic guys at the Environment Agency um, 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 in the UK. Yeah. yeah. Wow, wow, it's it's so encouraging, you know, to know that you also have mentors. I mean, when you see people with PhD, sometimes you know, because you know what you realized about the higher you go, the more the more difficult it is to learn from, from others and to make yourself vulnerable because you see yourself as someone who has been there, seen it and done it, you know? So, uh, so for you to sit under someone, uh, to listen and to be intentional about being mentored, it shows that you, you have a, a learning, a learning spirit. And I just want to salute you and celebrate you. Uh, so for those who have joined us tonight, um, We've uh, had a very powerful uh, session with my friend and my brother. Uh, we've been looking at the topic, uh, talent management and leadership. Uh, this is very, very key because um, an organization is as powerful as the people, the, the, the talent within that.
that organization. And I have no doubt that um, you'll be blessed. Uh, you can jump in and listen to the replay. And um, I just want to salute you, sir, for coming tonight. And uh, I have no doubt that I look forward to sharing the platform again with you sometime, sometime soon. So on behalf of myself and the team, this has been a wonderful, wonderful... Yeah, you want to say some things as we close, yes? Oh, yes, yeah. sorry, sorry. I wanted to drop in quickly to say something because um, I think okay. uh, opportunities like this are quite good. And of course, thank you very much for the opportunity to just chat about this. I, we were talking briefly. Um, I think it's really important for your viewers and people that are signing. We're talking briefly about strategies, you know, for talent management. Um, yeah. Um, and we're talking about the how, how you go about doing that. Um, no, sorry, we're talking about the what. But I think what is more important is about the how. You know, yeah. it's about, we need to remember that culture, culture will eat strategy for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So yeah. I want to say to people listening to yeah. this, that if you're thinking about, you know, managing talent in your organization, you really need to think about how you go about doing it. Do you embrace mm. equality, mm. diversity, and inclusivity? inclusivity yes. Are you, do you embrace values around fairness yes. and transparency? Are you happy to be challenged? Do you avoid nepotism and cronyism? You know, do you step away from tunnel vision? You know, do you do you step away from this misplaced hierarchies? I think it's really, really central that you have the right culture within your organization. Otherwise, you can have all the strategies you want and all the action plan. If you don't have the right culture, you will really not be able to keep your people um, um, in the long run. Wow, wow. Thank you for speaking to that. I, 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 I'm so happy that you spoke about culture because, you know, uh, like you said, culture eats strategy for breakfast. You know, if you don't have the right culture and you have the right, you have a good plan, uh, the plan would not really become, you know, effective unless you have a culture on the day-to-day -day, day -day basis, you know, becomes a lifestyle even for yourself and your team. Uh, so thank you for speaking to that. Uh, I'm so encouraged. Um, so uh, tonight has been awesome. It's been amazing. Leadership talk with Adegoke, 32nd session to the glory of God. So I just want to say I'm so thankful that uh, we've been able to speak to this topic. And I trust that as many that will be jumping in, because quite a number of people are coming to watch the replay. Uh, so I'll be uh, glad to get feedback for, from those of us that will be joining the replay. On behalf of myself and my brother, we want to say a good evening to you and trust you have a, a good night. Thank you.